Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining our show, Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. These featured small businesses from Salt Lake County and across the state of Utah drive our economy and develop our main streets, creating a vibrancy and creating jobs. This program is supported by Managing Director of Utah Office of Tourism, Vicki Varela, and CEO Caitlin Eskelson with Visit Salt Lake. I have Steve Schmidt with me. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. The owner of Western River Fly Fishing, located at 1071 East and 9th South. An amazing store, by the way. Uh, So, Steve, you've been the owner for quite a few years, right? For 33 years since we opened the doors in, you know, 1986. Oh, my goodness. Right there at that location in the 9th and 9th area? Well, we started down actually at 9th and 9th proper, I think what it's, you know, referred to now. And then we moved up to the street. We're close to 11th East now. and um, But we're definitely still in the 9th and 9th neighborhood. Well, you know, I, I live in that neighborhood as well. And I drive by and I see folks out there all the time testing out your equipment. Um, yeah, that was, so it's a perfect location because you've got that little bit of lawn in the front. So people can go out there and test their fly rods. Yep, it's and this year it was great therapy. So there were a lot of times where if it was quiet, we'd grab a rod and go outside and cast for a few minutes just to get some fresh air and take a mask off. Gosh, I don't blame you, Steve. Um, So I also understand you have a couple of other owners, Ken and Bryce, uh, coming on board, and um, and you've been doing this for quite a few years. I, I know we're talking 33 years ago, but what got you into the business? I was in the ski industry for a long time, and I didn't really like the ski industry after being in it. And I had fished almost all my life and um, had been introduced to fly shops and really liked the industry and the size of the industry and the ability to play a role in the industry because it was quite small. So, unfortunately, it worked out. You know, I tried fly fishing once, and I had the best outfit. I mean, really cool waders, brand new, wonderful hat. It was on a private piece of property in Morgan, Utah, and it was absolutely gorgeous. The thing I don't like is the worm action, any type of – and I realize we're talking flies, but I don't I don't like hurting the animals. But, man, the art of it and walking up the stream and the exercise and being outdoors – all that I absolutely loved. I just don't like to rip the lips and try and get the little animal off the hook. But everything else is a, totally cool. We have a solution for you. What's that? You fish with a fly without a hook. 
Oh, that so so the fish bites it and then flies and then just swims off, right? Sometimes they jump for a couple of times. Sometimes they take a little line off your reel or out of your hand, and then within a short period of time, they're gone. Oh, okay. There you go. And now that is genius level. Who came up with that idea? Mm, I've been doing it for a long, long time. So, and there's other people that do it as well too. I know an uh, individual that steelhead fishes, and he never fishes with a hook on his fly. Well, yeah, unless you're going to eat it. I mean, I don't see any, any reason to to hurt the animal if you don't need to. You know, unless you're unless you're you're fishing and you really want to have the fish. I mean, I can understand that. Well, yep. that's cool. There, well, then there I can are do options, it. though. That's one of the beauties of it. And even if you do have a hook and you let them go, they're, you know, usually they're fine. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. Well, that is so cool. So, Steve, how's business right now? How's it going? I mean, people, are you busier because people are staying at home and because of COVID and they want to enjoy the great outdoors? We are busier. Um, you know, unfortunately, we had a, a year that we didn't expect going into, you know, March and April and kind of perceiving what the season was going to be like, I don't think we would have anticipated that our business would have been as successful as it has been. So we feel knowing that a lot of businesses in the neighborhood haven't enjoyed um, that, we feel very fortunate. So is this a generational business? Is it is it being passed down to the millennials and the Gen Zs? Is this it's not getting stuck in the boomer Gen X world? Is it being passed down? It is definitely being passed down. Um, and the beauty of what we do is you can kind of customize this activity to what suits you. And, for example, as we, you and I just discussed, we have a solution for what would make it more enjoyable for you. And, but you can really take it to a lot of different levels and at a casual or be very serious about it, which most of us are that work in the store here. Tell me some of the brands that you're really proud of and maybe some of the lifelong brands that you believe in that you have at uh, Western Fly, at Western River Fly Fishing. I would, you know, most of our core brands we've had for almost the length of time that we've had the business. Patagonia is the one we probably support the most and and feel the strongest about because they give back so much to our community and everything. Not only do they make incredible products, but um, they're 1% for the planet. Their Warnware program um, is, since we are resource limited and rely heavily on the health and welfare of our cold water resources and saltwater resources, um, it's very important that we take care of those. So a lot of the companies that we use really um, we look to have a strong conservation ethic. So Patagonia, Sage, Sims, or um, Scott, and uh, Hardy, which is one of the oldest companies that we deal with. So those are all very popular names in our industry. You know, Steve, I'm so glad to hear you say that the conservation is a value that you obviously have at Western River Fly Fishing. And uh, and Patagonia, that's the kind of company that I read an article that said that when they have an opening – because it doesn't happen all the time, because of the values and because of the type of company they are, they have a list a mile long of people trying to get in. So I, I'm not surprised that you're connected to Patagonia and for all the reasons that you just mentioned. Yeah, it's and we have a, you know, it's it's a great relationship as far as that goes. But there's few companies that go to the lengths that they do to have a small footprint and also to make sure that outside of that, that they give incredibly generous. I think it was last year 
since they don't believe in Black Friday, they do, they donated all their sales from that day to conservation, and they raised ten million dollars. Got to be kidding me! That's impressive. It's impressive, and that's that's small compared to what they donate annually to the various causes that they believe in. Well, it kind of matches up their name. I mean, that just goes right along the lines of of the name Patagonia. Um, how many folks do you have on board? How many, your staff? It sounds like you probably didn't have to let people go since people are maybe discovering fly fishing, or you know, they're they're picking it up again. How many people do you have on board? We have ten people on the staff, and and we were fortunate that we didn't have to let um, people go, and and we're able to retain them through the summer here, and. So we another thing we feel you know we were very fortunate to be able to do that. So do you had did you have a new a lot of new fly fisher interest this year? <laughs> there was a ton. The challenge is where you put them all so that we all enjoy our experience and again are able to um keep our resources healthy. So I'm it, we're very limited in water resources in Utah mostly being a desert. Um environment and so we're also very aware of that and and have a very education-based kind of philosophy and and hopefully teach people to be not only responsible but also be generous with each other as we run into people on the stream. You know uh, that's so important because we have a a lot of people are really discovering the outdoors for the first time and there was a survey done Stephen at 80 percent of them said they plan to return but one of the things is I talk to people around the state of Utah that I think is critically important is people understanding the stewardship and their responsibility when they're out in the wilderness. Because if they're first timers, they may be doing some things or maybe they're doing – maybe they're offending people and not really meaning to. So I really think we need a concerted, educated effort in how we treat our outdoors, especially in Utah, because it's so important and it's so beautiful. Yep, I agree with you 100%. And we've always we felt that way since the infancy of our business. You know, we, since we make money off our resources, we feel that we should be not only responsible of how we put people on the stream and and what the you know knowledge we share with them, um, but also to contribute financially and and with our time and effort as well. Well, Steve, what a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so glad to know we're neighbors. I'm going to have to walk by and I'm going to have to take a look at these flies that don't have a hook and pick that back up again because I have a fabulous pair of waders and I loved it. I thought it was such a peaceful, beautiful sport. So uh, all the best to you at Western River Fly Fishing and to your staff. And um, and thank you for joining us today on Mighty Main Street. You were brought to us by Visit Salt Lake. They asked us to give you a call. We already talked about Michael Mack. So I really appreciate you joining me today, Steve. Thank you very much. We appreciate it as well. And um, my best to everybody there at the holidays. Check out today's business interview using the KSL News Radio app or at KSLNewsRadio.com. Just click on podcasts. More cool stories on Mighty Main Street here on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought. There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.